he would tell us that as kids, you know, he's like, you're going to be in Olympics one day. You're going to be, you're going to be an Olympian. And like, I remember he used to, he used to call me the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Enjoy the show. Well, I was a fanatic. There's no doubt a fanatic. My goal was to get carried out of the wrestling room because of exhaustion, and it never happened. The thing it did for me every day about 6 o'clock is that when I got out, I looked back in, and there was nobody else there. Bottom line was I didn't reach my goal. So guess what happened? I went back in the room again. But I got some quality time because of just... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. My guest today is Jaden Katsu. Many say he's the best athlete, best wrestler in the United States, and they have a pretty good argument. He was a 2018 world champ, 2017 world bronze, 2016 Olympic bronze, and when he made that Olympic team, he did so only as a junior in college, beating Kyle Dake in the finals, who's one of the best we have to offer. We talk about a lot in this podcast. We cover what it's like for him mentally and physically to be in a match where he's taken to deep waters, and one match in particular was the David Taylor match in 2017. We also talk about what weight he's going in the 2020 Olympics. And I just really enjoyed this podcast. And good news is that Jaden's coming back on after the World Championships. So thank you so much for tuning in, folks. For past episodes, please visit WrestlingChangeMyLife.org. Now take us back, though, to like the first time you got involved with wrestling. How did that happen? And like, what was your first experience with the sport? Um, I sucked. I mean, that was that was. <laughs> My uncle actually was the first one in my family to ever wrestle. And so he was the first one to ever wrestle. And my grandmother fell in love with it, I think, before anybody else did. And so she would, like, go and take my brother Zach and Dre to all of his meets and everything. And um, and, 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 and me whenever I was born. And so, um, but then my brother started doing it. And, uh, and like, I don't know why. But then, like, one day at a wrestling meet that I was watching my brothers compete, I told my parents, Hey, I, I want to wrestle, you know, and it, it, that kind of just started from there, and um, that's just kind of how how it happened, how it worked out for us, and uh, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It was it was the best decision I ever made. Actually. And so, when did you make the switch from kind of doing it recreationally with your brothers to, hey, I I want to be a four-time national champ. I want to be an Olympic champ. Well, I think that that happened pretty young when I was um. Because when I was nine, I switched from Columbia Wrestling Club to to Ironman Elite Wrestling. You know, Ironman really instilled in me that I could be better than than I was. And like, like for some reason, we were just always on. We were just on the same path. He would talk about Iowa wrestling and and how those guys were. They were willing to fight for everything that everything they 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 wanted, everything they wanted to get. He would talk about you know you know the brands and the Hensons and the, the battles and and enjoying it and he would talk wanting to not only win but but to dominate and to to go out there and, and to represent you know your country and he would always say that you're going to be in the olympics and like he would tell he would tell us that as kids you know he's like you're going to be in olympics one day you're going to be you're going to be an olympian and like i remember he used to he used to call me the michael jordan of wrestling um <laughs> he instilled so much i don't i don't know if confidence belief or... yeah like just belief in something to be something more than than what we that we were, because think about it, we were just from Columbia, Missouri. You know, we were just a couple kids that came to a garage um, with someone who just believed in us. And like, and plus his technique is he can see the ins and outs of technique like no other coach that I've ever um, encountered or worked with. 
Um, so, I mean, he's able to, and he's able to come up and not only come up, but execute moves that, uh, that's some people could only imagine and then he's able to teach it really well it's really um it's really cool but i think the biggest thing is if you listen to him um and you actually listen to what he's saying it that will change your life more than 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 any move that he'll show you because the mentality that he preaches um behind what he's behind what he's showing is is remarkable man and to have someone who has that much belief in you and is that passionate at an early age got to be one of just the biggest impacts on your life outside of your parents because not everyone has those kind of experiences. Yeah, you always you always have to have someone believe in you, you know. But I think the big a big thing too is not only having someone that believe in you, but someone that can also help build that belief within yourself. Because I think there are, you can I think you can name a bunch of people. Everyone can name people in their lives that they believe in, but yet for some reason it doesn't click within themselves to believe in themselves to do yeah. whatever it is they want to do. So um, it's a very rare thing to have someone who can do both, who can not only be- have this belief, but like instill it inside someone else to, to believe in themselves. So I think, uh, I think that's something that makes Mike very, uh, very special as a coach and as a person. You, know, you talk about the brains brothers. He talks about the Iowa guys. Were those people influences in your life? Like people you looked up to in terms of their mentality and their grit, so to speak? Well, no, well, I don't know if it was specifically the brands, but like they definitely were part of when I grew up, like when Mike was, was talking about Iowa, like Iowa used to be one of my, one of my dream schools. Um, the only reason that it, it wasn't going to work out was because when I got older, um, I needed I needed a full ride to go to college because I couldn't pay for college. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so and and Iowa that I was told doesn't get full rides, so I was like, all right, well that's not that's not the best thing. For me, it was more so just kind of like just learning about the history of Iowa wrestling and and, and knowing what um, and even watching some matches. I go watch matches on YouTube of of guys that would just go out there and just just wrestle hard, you know, and, and, you know, you're watching, um, you know, Dan Gable coach and going crazy in the corner. Um, it was was addicting. It was, uh, it was, it was something that was like, nah, this is, this is something that's really cool. And like, he would talk about, you know, how like guys would be down in matches and like they're down by, you know, six points or something and they're still coming and then the guy can't walk and, you know, the other guy's struggling just to come back to the center and stuff. And it just sounded awesome, you know? And so getting to watch that and, and then everything was, um, you know, in learning of the history and everything, and and and, and that, that was that was that was cool. So um, it's just something yeah. that that, that kind of just grew on me. The McElroy the uh, Jerry Abbott match is a perfect example of that man. Guy was down. It's, it's McElroy's freshman year. He's a true freshman. He's down like two going into the third. Abbott gets a takedown. He's down four, and he just comes back. And he talks about that. Like you look over and you see Gable in your corner, and like you just want to you want to do well for him. You know. Right. Well, that's, that's how I feel with, with, that's how I felt actually with every coach I've ever had is um, like, if there's, you know, if, if when I see this, um, whoever's in my corner that um, I want to believe in them to the point where it's like, I'll run through a brick wall for you, you know, because right. like, it's just like, I'm willing to fight for this guy um, as much as I, as much as I can and, um, and give him everything I got. Um, and if it's somebody else, you don't, you don't, you know, and plus on top of that, when you have that relationship with somebody with a Kevin Jackson, with a Mike Ironman and, and everything, like when you have that relationship, um, they're in the fight with you just as much as you're in the fight yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and like they understand it. They know it. They're on the ins and outs. Like this stuff is going through their, their mind and their heart just the same as it is for you physically, you know? So like they're, they're right there with you. 
you know, so it's not even like a, like, yes, I would run through a wall for you, but it's almost like you're running through this together. Maybe it might be a little different of task what you're doing it, but you're, you're doing it together. Yeah, I mean, and, and once you've been in a battle together like that, that bond only strengthens. And one of the things I've heard you talk about is certain matches will take you to, to dark waters or deep waters. And it's, it's a, you know, deep waters and it's kind of a dark place, you said. And the faith in yourself that your coaches give you gets you through that. So like, what are some of those moments where you've been kind of pushed to the brink, so to speak, whether it's domestically or internationally? Do you have any examples? Uh, I mean, that match three with Taylor in 2017 looked pretty, pretty brutal. Um, uh, that looked like a battle. I mean, I think, I think the reason I struggle is because like I've been, I've been pushing myself to get further so that, that I don't, you know, because I shouldn't say that I don't get there, but that it take that it's a longer road to get to that point. Right. So like, um, I think, I think Taylor was definitely one that was, that was definitely tough, both all mentally, physically, strategically, technically, there's, there's just, there wasn't any not struggle in that match. Let's just, let's just be honest with that one. But that I mean, match three was crazy. My God, I was watching it last <laughs> night. <laughs> but I mean, he definitely was, but Mike, I remember, I remember Mike being in the corner and this is during, this is during the break. And, and this is just kind of how, how me and Mike are like, we, I mean, you know how I say we're on the same wavelength. Well, sometimes that's not always correct. Cause he's like, Mike comes out as like, Hey, you don't, you don't have to wrestle. You don't, you know, you don't have to wrestle. There's a minute, this, there's a couple minutes left. I'm like, why, why wouldn't I wrestle? This is the last match. And he's like, you know, you're right. I don't know why I said that. I was like, yeah, like, we, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like it hurts like, like heck. And, and you know, he's just like, Hey, you just got to keep, you just got to keep moving, keep doing your thing. Keep like keep him off, keep him off your neck, keep him off your head. Go for his wrist, and he kind of just started suddenly, suddenly in. He's just like, like yeah, I mean, like you got to get missed, you got to get tough here, you know. For the last two, I think it was like two minutes or whatever left. There was some time. It's like you just got, you got to get tough here, all right. Yeah, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this, you got, you got to be tough in this moment. And um, and I just remember him. He, I don't know what it is, but like, is he has one of those voices? I can just really distinctly hear. Uh, but mm. I think it's, that's something that's always happened with my coaches though. I think it's just when you have that bond, like one of those voices that you just kind of, you gravitate to. Yeah. And so uh, I, I definitely, I remember, you know, hearing, hearing him talking, you know, freaking out for the most part during that match. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that freaking out for Woo. the most part was, was a step ahead. If you ever go back and watch that match, listen to him, listen to him coach. He, he was really a step ahead of telling me what I needed to do before I needed to do it. You know, so it was almost like he kind of took the lead in a match that he wasn't even wrestling. Yeah. I was glad that he was definitely in my corner, you know, and that uh, I'm, I'm happy to have gotten to experience with him because now that, like, you know how I talk about those dark places, well, now that I've been there, there's no reason to be afraid of it. You know, there's no right. reason. Like, I've been there before. It's kind of like a workout that you do and then the first time it's horrible, it sucks, you're throwing up or you, you can't walk and afterward or whatnot. But then after that, you're not, you're not scared anymore of it. Like you come back, let's say you came back and did it, you do it better, it's not that bad, you, right. know, you, you understand it. So it's like you lit the torch there, right? So now there's light in the place that it was dark. And right. so I think that's a big thing with me. Like I don't have to be afraid of that no more. Well, in the moment you're talking about in that match is, you know, it's match three, 
your knee looks extremely hyperextended and you're kind of sitting there on the mat, he's talking to you. And so you have a second to collect yourself. And that's where kind of these thoughts come in and you're like, I can make it through this. And that was maybe a, that was maybe a kind of a breaking point there that you made it through. And then I'm sure you're trying to push that every day. So at your level, when you're as good technically and mentally as you are, how do you track progress on a daily basis when you're not competing for months at a time? Well, I think that that's something that you, um, numbers help for one, like science helps. Um, I know that Brandon Stone and, and, and Mason Walters, who are, Mason is the lifting coach and Brandon Stone is, the, is like the, the head guy of the weightlifting program here. And, um, you know, we do tests with, uh, you know, jump tests, um, grip, squeeze tests. We do so many different tests and they, and they um, you know, um, reaction-based um, tests, you know, seeing how quick I can react to a, a dot being somewhere or something like that. So we do stuff like that. So I think that's part of it. I also think that I know my body. And as an athlete, as you progress through your career, you, you come to know your body, you know what you need, you know how you feel. And I think a big mm-hmm. thing is too, it's like, I'm honest with myself. Like I'm honest with how, I, how I'm doing or how I feel or how I'm, you know, or what I need to do. Um, I think that's something that also you got to communicate with coaches. You need to talk to your coaches about what they see, what, what's going on um, to make sure that you're, you're getting to where you want to be. Um, going into, like going into Turkey, it had been the last time I competed was Final X. Um, so like going into Turkey, yeah. um, but like, I, I know where I want to go. Like, so going into Turkey, like I knew that I was ready to, to wrestle or, or to, cause I was planning on wrestling Karimi and Sharifov. You know, those, those were my two, I was, you know, Iranian and Azerbaijanian. Like those, yeah, those yeah, were yeah. the two guys I was looking to wrestle. And, you know, that's why I was excited for the opportunity because, like, that's number, that's number two and three right there. Like, I can, I can put those guys, I can, I can, I can put those guys on, on you know, on blast, basically, and, and show them that this is not going to be, this is not going to be fun. You know, this is not the, this right. is not the world. Like, the world is not going to be a great time. But, um, you know, that ended up happening. But I'd known I, I had done everything I needed from weightlifting to, to wrestling to training to dieting, everything. I'd done everything I needed to do to be the best um, I needed to be for that moment in time. Um, and yep. I think that's just what I'm doing now, you know. And that's why I'm meeting with coaches about, you know, when when we're going to train hard, what's going on here, who we're going to bring in. You know, like the biggest thing is that we're able to get this stuff figured out and um, and and execute it and and have and big thing for me is believing in it i think that's a huge thing is that um you know that's a big thing with jackson and, and like you said even, even with mike back in the day it was believing in in my training believing in the system believing in what i'm doing um you know that can take you a long long way now what about the can you talk about the physical preparations the the diet the, the strength training now if you go back to turkey last year what about the mental preparation? How much visualization are you doing in the months leading up to a big tournament like that? None. I don't. I don't really visualize. I visualize um, at all. Um, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> the last time I did it, KJ was was work. It was actually right before. Uh, it was like a week before Final X, and it wasn't even for me. It was for. It was for the uh, the EAP kids that were about to okay. compete. I remember, 
and I remember this because like I, I cl- he had us close our eyes and lay down. Big mistake. Big mistake to have us do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, close our eyes, lay down, and like I, I remember I saw I saw Bo Nickel at first, but then I fell asleep. But I took that as a I took that as a sign though. Um, I did. I really did. I was like, because then I just saw saw darkness, and it wasn't like a deep sleep. It wasn't like I was out and wasn't like there in my head. It was more of like 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 I'm I'm kind of like hovering in in between. So like I remember thinking to myself like why does it why does it matter who's on the other side like like the reason i think the reason that you know i i kind of took away i got confident off of that because it was like because the other guy doesn't matter you know i have to do what i got to do to get where i want to be i have to wrestle um to the best of my ability and if i don't do that then the, it doesn't matter what this guy does he's gonna take me out you know so right. why focus on him i need to focus on me um and I don't know, and that just. But other than that, like no, I don't. I don't visualize really too much. I just want to focus on 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 my own ability. I know what I'm going to go to. I know where I'm going to be. Um, you know, and also I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've always struggled with like plans because I think when you visualize, you kind of plan out what you're going to do, which is great mm-hmm. for some people. Um, for me, like I just don't like the idea of having a plan because plans can go wrong really quick. And plans can change really quick, you know, like, and if you don't have a plan, like, I just feel like with that being the case, like, you might as well go into it kind of blank so that we can go. So whatever happens, I'm going to be back in your face. That's my only plan. Like, whatever happens, I'm coming back. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, that, that, that's my plan. Um, but I don't like being the plan, like, oh, I'm going to take them down in, the, in a minute. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to, I'm going to get a turn in the second minute. And it's like, yeah but what if you get headlocked in the first first minute you know right did you have a plan for that like does your plan restart if that happens like i, I don't understand like i just don't like i don't like the idea of having, having a, a plan i just go out there and let it fly and that's when i wrestle my best is when it's just letting letting it fly less thinking just wrestling going hard and uh and and just giving everything you got for this one one moment this one match like that's the biggest thing my plan is to focus on this match in front of me. I don't care who's next. I don't care what's going to be. I don't want to, I don't want to know who I'm wrestling. I never, that's another thing. I don't let my coaches tell me who even tell me who I'm wrestling. I don't watch film. I don't let my coaches tell me who I'm wrestling. I don't, I don't let any of that get in my way. All right. As soon, like I stay away from the match as long as possible until I step on that line. I don't care about what's going to happen on the wrestling mat. Because if I do, I think that for me, I get, I'll get, I'll get, uh, I, I'll think about it too much. I think about it way mm-hmm. too much. So I don't, I stay away from the match until I step on the line. And when I step on the line, the only option I have is to wrestle. There is no going back. Man. And it's on at that point. It's an absolute war. It doesn't matter who it is. So kind of with that mindset of how you like to keep an empty mind, so to speak, if we're 20 minutes out from uh, the Taylor match three or even the 2018 uh, world championships, and what are you thinking kind of before that? Uh, I, I'm usually like either singing or talking or cracking jokes with somebody. <laughs> um, I think before the Taylor matches, you know, I was, I was signing a song to my, to my coaches, like uh, that was playing in the arena, you know? So like I was, um, it's kind of what I, it's just something I do. Like it's whatever I can do to get away from that moment. Cause I think what that does for me too, is it diminishes the moment. It doesn't make it that big of a deal. Um, it doesn't, it like takes it and, and uh, 
and allows me to to um to make it uh, make it realistic which is to say like this isn't that important but then mm -hmm. i don't know why but that's freeing to me like that's a freedom to me when i'm saying like oh this isn't that important let's just go out there and do this i don't know why that works for me it's just the mindset that that gets me to where i'm where I want to be because anytime I've tried to be something and I think that's why the reason it works because this is kind of who I am I'm kind of just I'm laid back I'm pretty chill um anytime I tried to make something more than what it was it usually hasn't worked out for me and it okay. doesn't work out for people in general I feel like so just let it be what it is and it's a wrestling match and then just show up get on you know step on the line and go I mean and lately we've rarely seen you lose it's been this absolute domination for you especially domestically since call it 2016, 2015, when you were a sophomore and you had the match with Snyder in the semis, uh, lost 3-2, like, what was your process like after that to kind of build your confidence back up again? I'm just curious of what it was like. It's been yeah, so long. Um, it wasn't that hard because, you know, that, that was an easy one to fix. Well, I shouldn't say fix. Easy fix. It was easy to recognize what I needed to do because you know, I just wasn't doing things right in that year. How do you, you mean? Know, like, uh, I remember my, my coach being kind of like, you did everything wrong in a year and you still took fifth in the nation. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, when you say it like that, it sounds cool, but I'd rather be called the national champ, you know? Um, right. So like coming back and not wanting to fail um, like that again was a, was a big thing um, for me. And I think that's kind of where my, my first, um, where I came up with the whole like failure is inevitable but disappointment is is a, is is really is lingering like you cannot linger in disappointment you will fail no matter what but disappointment is something that will um that um will just will keep you down tear you down and and then cause you to fail even more and so you can't linger in disappointment you have to fail and get back up and start rolling so you know i had a meeting with my coaches and um i think it's a big thing once again back to coaches communicating with your coaches this is what needs to change this is what we need to do like i i knew what i needed to do and they listened and they were willing to um do what i the adjustments that i needed both in life and on the mat so it was um it was something that i had to definitely grow from yeah and so it's a little bit technical and also just kind of lifestyle changes at, from that point on. No, definitely. Okay. Okay. Now I know we're, we're kind of winding down here and you have a lift, so I don't want to take you too long. I do have to ask about the story though. Is it true that you uh, hiked Pike's Peak and did a push up every step on the way down? Yes. <laughs> yes. So how, how many, uh, talk us through that story. How many push ups did you do? Uh, I, I can't remember how many steps are on. It's not, it's not Pike's Peak. It's the incline here. Uh, yeah. The incline. Okay. So they climbed like two thousand seven hundred forty something steps. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you did twenty seven hundred pushups within like a three hour span. So I, I ran up it. Actually, I ran up it in my fastest time, and I was feeling really good. And I actually, honestly, I wasn't supposed to run up it because I was supposed. To, I took the guys to. Um, I took the AAP guys up to, to the incline, and so I wasn't supposed to run up it. Kevin told me not to, but I was feeling really good. So I went ahead and did it and I ran my fastest time and um and then I was up at the top waiting for the guys and uh they got up there and I'm like, you know what, I think I'm gonna do a push up. I'm gonna start doing push ups. And I don't know why, but like it turned into me going all the way down. Like if I just I don't every step you do a push up? 
every step so like i would like be facing so i wouldn't angle downward like my head was facing towards the top of the incline and then i would do a push-up i would step down to where my body was was as parallel you know parallel to the ground as it could be do a push-up then take a step down with my feet and hands then do another push-up and then do another push-up and then do another push-up all the way down and um dj shannon actually you know who's going to illinois now so good luck to you dj was actually with me um for a little bit and uh he was videotaping me on his on his uh snapchat and then um gabe gabe tag was helping out because he was bringing water back up i was i had blisters on my hands that like covered up my whole entire palms like it was it was pretty brutal but uh kind of worth it but yeah man it took me three hours KJ must not have, could not have been uh, more wrong in his predict, prediction there. <laughs> he says, go out there, don't work out. You, not only do you work out, you run your fastest time ever and do 2,700 push-ups on the way down. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell him at first, but then, like, my blisters were too noticeable. So, so I, <laughs> if I ever decided to do it again, I'm definitely wearing gloves. Last question for you is just, you know, when you think about your past and then where you're going to go, like, what has the impact of wrestling been on your life? Um, well, I, actually, it's crazy because someone someone asked me that not too long ago, and and it's uh, it's it's wrestling's really taught me how to um how to give. You know, I, that's a that's a weird thing how how to give to others. You know, like that's and that, and it's insane because you know you kind of think well you you do all this to gain so much. It's just like, but to gain you to gain what you want, you have to you have to give something that you have. You know, like I've said this before, but sometimes you have to give everything that you have to get everything that you want. It taught me that, that like I had to not only be willing to give, you know, to myself, but, you know, I give to my partners every time that I'm on, I'm on the mat, you know, you know, I give, I give my, my, my hundred percent towards, um, you know, uh, you know, I give one, my respect to my opponents. I give, uh, I don't know, like, it's just, I give my, um, my heart to my coaches. Like I give my effort for them. You know, I give, um, you know, when it comes to my, you know, to my, um, like nutritionist in my weight room or even to, you know, I give my, it's basically kind of giving my honesty. I'm being honest with my, with my, um, with my nutritionist. And I think if anything that it's just kind of shown me that, you know, I, I gotta give, I give him my knowledge, you know, when they go and do camps and stuff like, like I'm, I'm doing all this and I'm growing in my own, in my own way, but I got to give back to community in order for the sport to grow. And that's the big thing. It's like, you have to give back because if you don't, then you won't evolve. Then people miss out on the opportunity to grow in a way that maybe they wouldn't have, they would not have, had they not met you. You know, it's just, I don't know. I think that the sport is more giving than people, than people realize. And there's, there's a, there's a ton more ways. And I wish, and I wish I had a, like, I wrote it down actually. So I, okay. I could, I could, uh, I could share it with you because it's in my, I shouldn't say I wrote it. I typed it down, but like, I wish I could see yeah. it so I could read it to you and, uh, and everything. So I'll try and probably find that and I'll try to send it to you through Instagram or something, but, um, that'd be awesome. No, for sure. I've never heard uh, someone, never, never heard someone say it like that before. And I've asked that question to a bunch of people. So that's a unique perspective. I think it speaks to kind of just your mindset and how you go about, uh, go about your business and can't wait to watch. Do you have any plans past 2020? For right now, I, I, I do, you know, but like I'm a person that's, you know, if you want, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So with, uh, with that and your, I know you're not a big planner, but I have to ask just selfishly, any insight on what, uh, what, what you're headed next, next year, up or down in terms of weight, or is that uh, classified? Oh, it's not so much classified. I only have two options, either, either up or down. 
but uh, for me, it's more <laughs> of um, we're going to wait till till worlds to to really find out. This is one of those situations where I'm really a, I'm really sitting in between these weights pretty much perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever I decide has to be decided sooner rather than later. Right after worlds, I, I'll let people know what my what my plans are and whether you know. And, and that's the thing, like if that's something that's going to have to that's going to have to be talked about though. Like um, it's some, I mean, I will admit we, that's something we talk about often about what's the plan. What, what are we going to do here? When are we going to know that's something that we have, we touch on quite a bit while, while we're here, but at the same time, we still have a job for this year. Um, so like, yep. we try not to make it too much of a thing, but, uh, but I'm willing to admit that, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a conversation that that's had. Um, and actually, honestly, it's one I push away a little bit because I don't, I, I want to focus on this year. 2020 is going to be 2020. It's going to be crazy anyway. Like whether I like it or not, it's going to be here, right? Like I'm, I'm going to show up on a mat, whether it be a 97 uh, kilo or 86 kilo. The mindset that I'm taking with it is that like, I don't care who, who I got to go through, but I want to make this Olympic team and I want to experience another Olympics and I want to win Olympic gold. So to me, it doesn't matter where I go because right. the, the outcome's going to be going to be the same in my mind you know and that's me winning the olympic trials and going on to the olympics to win a gold medal so um you know 97 or 86 really it, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me but it, it but it will be discussed um right after worlds because we like we because kj's even told me like we'll we'll leave it on the back burners for now even though every other week but it's like leave it <laughs> on the back burners for now we'll discuss it after worlds because i've told him like i want i just want to focus on worlds yeah, and then we'll go into it. So it's it's gonna be fun. I'm enjoy I I enjoy it. I enjoy sitting in this seat. Like I enjoy I I, I enjoy this because this is just another challenge for my career. You know, this is another opportunity for me to showcase um, my ability and and showcase my showcase my ability to to wrestle and uh, and be the best. So I mean, I don't I don't see this as there's no there's no wrong answer for me. Um, I don't yep. believe so. And yep. uh, so I'm excited. Sorry, my dog's. Well, maybe we'll. Now. No, no. Maybe we'll get to chat with you after the worlds, and we can kind of reconvene there. And I think that would be, it would be fun to hear kind of your thought process and what goes into that, man. Well, I, I just want to thank you for your time. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll have you again soon, man. And I would love to read that the the paper you typed up on wrestling too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll send I'll send it to you on 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 the DM on Instagram. But yeah, I'll okay. definitely send that to you. And thank you for having me on. That's the end of this episode, but definitely not the end of the show. For more episodes, please go to wrestlingchangemylife.org. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a star rating. Show the love, baby. Show the love. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Peace.